committed though the government might be to small and minority-owned contractors, from the contractor's standpoint, making a living is never easy. Now they've got the COVID-19 situation. For what the landscape looks like for minority-owned businesses, we turn to creative investment research economist and principal, William Michael Cunningham. Mr. Cunningham, good to have you on. Thank you very much, sir. Delighted to be here. Now, the pandemic crisis, of course, has hit every business. Has it been worse and more difficult for minority-owned businesses? And if so, what's going on? It has been worse for uh, minority-owned businesses, in part because they always operate with less room for error than non-minority businesses. It's a question of not having as much capital, not having as much access to capital, having uh, issues with respect to getting customers, keeping customers, that sort of thing. So relatively speaking, compared to all businesses, minority-owned businesses are always undercapitalized and always uh, margins are lower. So they have fewer degrees of freedom when a crisis like this hits. Of course, relative to, say, 40, 50 years ago, the range of types of businesses that are under minority ownership is much wider than it was. And you have everything, say, in the federal space from professional services firms and software development and so forth to the traditional types of suppliers. And are there sectoral differences among the strengths of those types of companies? There are. One of the things that we've said is that, you know, if you look across minority businesses, you can identify certain spaces where different groups have a competitive advantage. Let me give an example. So if you go to any federal office building now, you know that the protection duties in a lot of cases have been taken over by security firms that hire these security guards. There are a number of Black-owned security guard companies that have done very well especially with federal contracting over the course of the past 20 years. So I would say that that's a sector that had some strength. Now, with all of the federal buildings closed, there's still a need for security guards, not as as much as you used to have, but it's still an area where there's a lot of strength specifically for Black-owned companies. If you look across the board, and, and not to be stereotypical, I mean, I'm just a numbers guy. I'm just, I'm reviewing the numbers. If you look at some of the other minority groups, let's say Indians, and I mean East Asian Indians, they have a very strong presence in IT and in the computer sector. And now, once again, that sector is is going to get hit. It has gotten hit, but they still retain something of a competitive advantage there. Sure. And from just looking across the landscape of federal contracting, Every year, the numbers come out from the Small Business Administration as to how closely the government came to or maybe exceeded its minority sourcing goals for the year. Does it look healthy from the standpoint of the businesses? Do they feel like they have the shot that all of the laws and regulations layered over these past 40, 50 years have had a positive effect? Well, as you know, the federal government has consistently missed its minority and small business goals, in some cases by wide margins. Part of what's going on, it's that old nobody ever got fired for hiring IBM excuse that you used to hear. A lot of the federal contracts have grown exponentially in size, and they've been centralized, and the larger firms uh, have been able to grab those very large procurements and keep them within their own network. Now, I will say this, some of those larger firms uh, do 
a better job than others of sourcing minority-owned businesses to participate in some of those ultra-large contracts, but it's still not enough. And this crisis certainly adds pressure to Black-owned firms specifically, but to minority firms in general because of what I just mentioned, the lack of a safety net that those businesses are operating without. We're speaking with William Michael Cunningham. He's an economist and principal at his firm, Creative Investment Research. And let's talk about the payroll protection program, the triple P that is somehow washing over the economy in fits and starts. What do you feel that uh, minority businesses have had in terms of experience with that? Because it's been hard enough for white-owned businesses, I think, to secure the funds they want. That's right. We did a survey that asked minority firms, and specifically African-American firms, about their experience with the PPP program. And frankly, the numbers that we got back uh, were a little better than we had initially been expecting. And let me pull up that data and go over them really quickly. It was an article in Black Enterprise where I talked about some of the initial responses that we got. And out of 60%, 60% of the survey respondents for our survey applied to the PPP program, 33% of that 60%. And again, I don't want to be confusing, but 33% got some level of funding. One of the survey respondents noted that they received one-twelfth of the amount that they asked for. You know, we thought that, and remember, when this program was initially created, the goal was to make sure that the unemployment figures did not shoot through the roof. The unemployment figures have shot through the roof, uh, in part because of that same tendency that we've seen with respect to federal contracting. There's a tendency to really focus on big, big firms and give them the support that these programs offer when those bigger firms are less in need of those resources. It's the smaller firms, it's the micro firms that don't have the capital access options that big firms do. Those are the ones that really need this uh, PPP program funding, and they're not getting it. They haven't been getting it. Hopefully, and you know, we've seen the stories just like everybody else about certain larger firms. The LA Lakers springs to mind because I've been watching that Michael Jordan documentary, returning some of the PPP money they got. That's fine, but you know, the issue is attitude and timing. I mean, one of the reasons why this kicked off when it did, the PPP program, was it was supposed to provide support for these small businesses. And, you know, when small business owners see that they are not getting the resources that they need, they start to think about shutting down because they figure they have no other option. So now we're seeing increased reports of minority firms, small businesses in general, but minority firms and African-American firms who are talking about, you know, they might have to shut down. So timing is important, especially with this crisis. We did not see the federal government approach this PPP program in a way that was optimal. You know, I said, I think I'm on record as saying that SBA was the worst agency to assign this program to in toto. Our preferred agency was the Federal Reserve. We thought they would have done a much better job of distributing the capital in a way that would have helped to prevent 
the spike that you saw uh, or that you're still seeing in unemployment. It is what it is. That's water under the bridge. So you just got to deal with what you have now. And again, according to our survey results, black companies, minority companies are getting PPP funding. And, you know, there's been a, a big push to engage and involve some of the fintech firms in getting PPP lending to minority-owned firms. We've seen firms like Lendio.com, who we might be partnered with through our website, minoritifinance.com. We've seen, speaking of LA Lakers magic, Johnson, who has partnered with the fintech (laughs) firm and is attempting to get about $100 million to uh, minority firms through the PPP program. So I would say that the initial responses were better than we expected in terms of some capital, some funding reaching minority firms, not as good as it could have been with a more efficient, more effective, a fairer referee, Federal Reserve versus SBA. But an unintended consequence might be that with these additional efforts coming on stream to get capital to minority firms, that actually might help. Uh, to get that capital to those firms. So we're cautiously optimistic uh, at this point uh, with respect to the PPP program and getting capital to the firms that really need it. Tell me more why you feel the SBA is inferior to the Federal Reserve in being able to conduct potentially this program. Well, it's political. They have made capital allocate, and not just under this administration, but under prior administrations. It's been my experience, having attempted to work with the SBA for 30 years and being based in Washington, D.C., that there are political headwinds that prevent the agency from being fully effective. They really do have to answer to their political bosses, typically the executive branch, And they make capital allocation decisions with that executive branch opinion in mind. So their capital allocation decisions are not objective and fully fair, but they're always colored by some type of political consideration. That's been my experience over 30 years. And that certainly has affected Black-owned companies and minority companies. If you want proof of that, you can Google uh, some of the MESBIC, M-E-S-B-I-C, program lawsuits where the SBA over the past 20 years has been sued repeatedly for not allocating capital that was supposed to go to minority firms in a way where the capital went to minority firms. So you have all of this evidence that shows that this is probably not the best agency to use. Again, They can play a role. Absolutely. They absolutely have a network. They absolutely have some skills in this area that I think would be useful. But because of the political headwinds that they face, the political considerations that are always top of mind for this agency, they weren't as independent and objective as I think other entities like the Fed would have been in this situation. And do you think the political headwinds from the point of view of SBA, were telling them to not allocate funds and capital to minority-owned firms? Well, no. I mean, if you look at the PPP program, the evidence is clear. A lot of the supporters of the current administration were able to jump to the front of the line. That's documented. That's clear. I'm not making that up. That's what I mean. 
you have a relationship with the administration, and suddenly, in the middle of the worst economic crisis the country has faced in 100 years, you're able to get capital to make sure that your business can survive. So that's what I mean. And, and once again, I'm just the numbers guy. You know, if you Google it and look it up, you will see story after story of companies that have an affiliation or support the current administration who were able to jump the line and get capital very quickly for their firms. And remember, I talked about how timing is important and time is important in a crisis like this, especially with small business owners. So that makes it doubly important to have an independent and objective capital allocation mechanism and capital allocation institutions. We just haven't seen that. And we know that there also are issues with the bigger banks. Wells Fargo, the story is clear uh, with respect to Wells Fargo and some of the issues they've had in minority communities, veterans, other communities, you know, not allocating capital in a way that is fair. So you need an independent third party to me. The Fed fits that bill. William Michael Cunningham is an economist and principal at his firm, Creative Investment Research. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. And everybody stay safe. Wear your mask, wear your gloves. You know, this isn't over yet. We've got a little bit of a ways to go. But again, I'm optimistic that we'll all get through this together. All right. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.